What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Real Impact. I'm your host, Austin Rice. We've got a great one lined up for you guys today, Mr. Bradley Parton. Let's get into it. Brad, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up, Austin? Thanks for having me, brother. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. Um, so, yeah, man, we'll we'll kind of kick it off, man. So, um, you know, just kind of tell us a little bit about uh, about you, man. Sure, sure. Name's uh, Brad Parton. I'm from the northern Ohio market. If you're not familiar with Ohio, um, you may be with Cleveland and Columbus. I'm right in the middle. So those are the two larger MSAs in Ohio. And, yeah, we're, we're smack dab in the middle. Uh, I run a you know a, a real estate company. Been doing this for four years, two and a half full time. Um, I've got a fiance. We're getting married this coming year. I uh, got two little boys. Um, so that's kind of wrap on me. Nice man. So four years in it, two and a half uh, full time. So what were you uh, what were you doing prior to you know full time in real estate? I was doing tool and die design and engineering. So I did that for actually seven years. So I did it straight out of high school. Okay. I got into a career. It was a, it was an apprenticeship. So I didn't necessarily go to like a, a college. I went to a trade school. So I did that. Um, you know, five years or so in, I I found real estate. So you know, I'd been I'd been wanting to get into real estate for for a long time prior to that, mm-hmm. but I didn't decide to to flip my first house. So um, I think it was June fifteenth, twenty eighteen. I had closed on my my very first flip. So, um, yeah, but I was still the, working. Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely, man. Never That's forget. awesome, man. What, uh, what do you think it was that kind of drew you to real estate? I just always like heard, you know, uh, the, the, the rich uncle, cause he's got rentals, right. And yeah. I knew some guys that had flipped some properties and I'm like, you know, they're like, oh yeah, we made, you know, $30,000. I'm like, wow, that's, that's crazy. Right. Compared to a full-time guy, just making a, a, a normal wage out there. Yeah. So that's what kind of got me attracted to it um, initially. Awesome, man. So you did your first flip back in 2018. Um, do you remember like kind of how that experience, I'm sure you do, right? You know, you always remember your first, right? So do you remember like how that experience was? Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember it sailing, vividly. Right? Yeah. 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 Sure thing. So I did everything wrong. Right. Like yeah. <laughs> bought it. I bought it on market, bought it too high. I hired my best friend to, to work for me or work with oh, yeah. me. I did the work with him. We would do it in the evenings after my, my full time job, Saturday, Sundays. You know, we were working very long days and he also had a full time job. So hired him, paid him hourly. Um, at the end of the day, man, we uh, sold it. He wasn't a partner in it, but I, I paid him, uh, paid him everything he was owed at the closing table. Uh, end up grossing, I think it was eighteen thousand dollars. So I came out on the the positive side. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah a lot of people don't do that on their first flip, so that's good. <laughs> not, not at all. Especially, yeah, especially yeah. when you you know you take it upon yourself to do the work and everything. That's you know it's uh, few and far between the guys that actually come out ahead on their first one like that. So yeah, awesome. I think we we cut down on material and labor. You know what I mean? Yeah, because uh, we were doing the work ourselves. Hell yeah, man. So what um. You know, you, you get your first one done, right? Um, and then obviously, you know, you've been in it for four years and you've only been two and a half years part time. So kind of like walk us through that like kind of progression, right? Because, you know, obviously there's a year and a half there where you know, you're still full time, you know, with what you were doing before. 
um, but also kind of, you know, dipping and exploring into this real estate thing, right? Sure, sure. So I, I quickly gained momentum, right? Like I, I started educating myself, number mm -hmm. one. Uh, number two, I got a mentor, right? There's a local guy who who ran a RIA. And, you know, I, I just kind of came at him aggressively. I'm like, man, teach me this, right? Like I could see, you know, from reading the books and everything, you can actually turn this into a business, which I had no idea of that concept <laughs> prior. Like yeah. I thought guys just like flipped houses on the side. And there were some HD TV shows. I, didn't, I had no idea there was actually a, a thing where you could start a business. And it's make just it a lucrative side hustle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I got got a got a mentor. Quickly gained some momentum. Started doing flips. Bought my first duplex, and then from there, I just started burying some properties. Uh, end up getting a business partner. Um, we no longer are active together. We still have our portfolio. Uh, we own maybe eighty units roughly together still to this day. And so we started rapidly acquiring. He was pretty aggressive. Um, also had a, a fairly large portfolio at that time. Him. And so we grew that and then COVID 2020 came around mm -hmm. and I got furloughed from my job, just like, you know, rest of 70% of America or whatever it was. Yep. So, um, during that period, I had already made the, made it up in my mind that I was going to quit. So I had a date. It was like the end of April. I was going to quit or something like that, but we didn't get called back till the first week of May. So that, mm. that first day, um, and it's, it's a funny story. That first day I got called back. I'm like, well, I'm just going to take whatever vacation I've got left. And they were like, you're not allowed to use vacation. I'm like, <laughs> you guys just let, that's like stealing the deal. I had already made up my mind, right? Like right. I want to resign. So walked in, um, you know, I resigned that day and then kind of never looked back. That would have been, yeah, May of, of 2020. So I've been full-time since. Um, looking back, it was definitely a risky decision. You know, because passive income isn't that passive. Yeah, we had a, a decent portfolio at the time. I was doing some wholesaling on the side. We were doing some fix and flips, but nothing was really structured. Right. Right. I, I didn't have I didn't have a business. Right. So it wasn't that consistency yet. Correct. Correct. And actually, it wasn't even until about a year later that I really started building a true company. Mm -hmm. That's awesome, man. So yeah, so you, you know, you partner up with the guy, you guys start, you know, aggressively, you know, going after, you know, burrs and rentals and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's funny. Cause that's, that's kind of similar to kind of like what happened with me is like, you know, we were, uh, March of 2020, you know, is whenever I got, you know, I got the call, um, they said furloughed. Right. And then, but at the time, right. I was just, I was so just pissed off. I was like, furlough doesn't mean shit. I'm out, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> yep. You know? And, um, and so, you know, I took that as like my, you know, being laid off. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of similar, I wasn't doing it for as long, right. I was probably doing it for maybe seven, eight months, like part-time. Um, but similar thing, right. Like I, I didn't have any consistency yet. I didn't have, you know, any business model or any plan, right. To take it full time. Um, for me at the time, it was just a, it was a nice paying side hustle, you know, like I just did it, you know, cause I was wholesaling. So it was like, I was, you know, I was doing pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical sales. So I was traveling all the time and, uh, I was just making cold calls in between, you know, visits to different doctor's offices and stuff like that. Um, uh, but yeah, I think it's funny though, how like, I think there was a lot of uh, 
I don't even want to say just real estate businesses, but a lot of businesses were born out of COVID, right? Yeah, I would, um, I would agree with that. You know, and, and I think that's awesome, right? Because I think a lot of times for especially like, because um, you said you've got two little boys. How old are your, your little boys? I got a 17-month-old and a six-month-old. So they're 11 months apart. Okay. So that would have been your fiance would have been pregnant with the first one at that time, right? She would have been pregnant. Um, or shortly thereafter. Yes. It's like four months later. <laughs> yeah. 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 So like, I, I know how, I know how that goes too. Cause you know, I've, you know, my wife, I've got a, I've got a stepson that's eight. Um, and then, you know, we have a 18 month or no, no, 17 month old. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. And so I know how that goes. Cause it's like, you go from something that, you know, you're getting a check, you know what to expect, you know, exactly what's happening to, Oh shit. I got to do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A, a couple things that, right. Like if I'm going to bet on anybody, it's, oh, it's yeah. going to be, be myself, right? Like if you put my back against the wall, like I'm just going to bet on myself, just knowing what I've been through now, yeah. right. Looking back, it was a very risky decision in my opinion from where I stand now. Yeah. I'm glad I did it. I'm right. happy with the result. I mean, I remember one week, dude, I, I'd made, I think it was 74 K. Mm-hmm. in a week i think i had like a 50k rip a 20k rip and a 4k rip all closed in one week i was still working full time at this point oh so yeah. I thought, and that's so hard to go into that job at that point <laughs> yeah i'm like you know i thought i was a king right like but uh-huh. i didn't have there was nothing structured nothing consistent about marketing nothing consistent about what i was doing right i was just like riding the wave yeah so yeah no that's crazy so let's kind of let's walk through like the progression then from there. Right. So you, you know, you, you have that business partner for a little while and then, um, you know, you said, uh, it was, uh, May, right. May of 2020. Um, May of 2020. So then kind of walk us through from there. Right. Like what happened once you went full time, you know, I'm, I'm sure like this button just switched. Right. And it was just like, Oh, I've got a business now. Um, where a lot of people might think that's the case. Right um walk us through the reality of it <laughs> yeah so the reality was like we kept doing our thing like we were yeah. I, I was doing i was doing the thing while i was working full-time right like we were flipping burring like i just kind of continued that wholesaling on the side again nothing was ran like a business okay mm-hmm. so it wasn't until about i think january or february or even christmas time of 2020 you know i had a a, a talk with him and we were kind of like, you know, we just didn't align with a lot of things. He was a, he's a real estate agent. Um, I'm a, I'm an hour away. He actually lives in Columbus. So there were just some things that were different. I mean, he's still my best friend to this day, but we decided, Hey, this just kind of isn't working like we planned. So let's right. just kind of, you know, do a couple of things and we'll kind of phase it out. So then I'm in a position where like, okay, what do I do now? So I went back to what I would think is, is ground zero. And I'm like, okay, what do I want? Mm-hmm. Right? Like I got very crystal clear on what I wanted. Right. And then I started building from that. I, you know, I, I rented an office space and I started building a, a company, right? I mm-hmm. read traction and I'm like, okay, this, this aligns with what I want. I want to be that, that local home buying company that people come to. I'll have a portfolio locally, 
right now I'll start building out, you know, local wholesaling, et cetera. Cause I'm, I'm sort of a, a anomaly here in the local market. Like there's nobody else that really wholesales or anything of that sort. Right. Um, there are some guys who have portfolios and stuff like that, but I'm sort of an anomaly in, in that space. And let's, let's talk about why, right? Cause you said this, uh, you know, so I actually met Brad, uh, what, about a week ago or so over at collective genius. Yep. And, um, you said this in your presentation about your market and it blew me away. Right. So just kind of tell everybody like how big your market actually is. So there's two, it's probably sub 200, right? So we, we tackle three to four counties. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it, it's sub 200 primarily. It's, it's that's 200,000 people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so very, so very low, very yeah. low, right? Like Columbus is probably one and a half million and that's like one County. Yeah. So just for like some perspective there and it's, it's a sub market, mm-hmm. right? So there isn't a ton of appreciation at all. It's just a very stable cash flowing style market. I mean, I just, I closed on a, a small portfolio last week, just three houses for 78 K mm-hmm. and the gross rents are like 21 and 2200, right? Like it's just a yeah. very like values are, are pretty low. There's not a ton of appreciation, just somewhat stable, maybe some slight appreciation and it, it, you get a, a high cash flow basis for sure. Yeah. And I'd say too, because of the fact that you're, you know, your focus right there, your, your competition probably isn't, you know, like it would be if you were in Columbus or like it would be if you were, you know, in one of those larger, you know, MSAs. And it's not to say like you don't have any competition, but I'd say it's definitely a lot, uh, a lot less being, you know, focused in one of those, those smaller markets. Yeah. You nailed that, man. Um, yeah. You know, Columbus and Cleveland, stuff like that. They're, they're somewhat like saturated. Right. I don't like to use that term because you can, be the best in your market right but here i i don't have anything yeah (laughs) yeah you're the guy (laughs) yeah yeah exactly that's awesome man so what did it look like whenever you sat down and you were like all right this is you know this is what i want right because i think that's a big thing a lot of people miss right a lot of people get caught up in you know the grind or the hustle or the you know the day-to-day of you know trying to just build what they think is a business and then um you know, one of the one of the biggest things that somebody said to me, and I can't remember who it was, but um, was, you know, you got to build your business around the lifestyle you want, not build your lifestyle around the business you built. And um, so I think that's huge. Like what you said, like what you did, like go back to ground zero and like reflect like what what do I want? So like what did that look like for you? And then, you know, how did you kind of structure the business like around that? Yeah. So objectively, I already knew it, mm-hmm. right? It was it was more so just putting pen to paper, right? And and asking myself really good questions, like, hey, in five years from now, if I look back, like, what what would this ideally look like? And you know, my my grandpa was a local entrepreneur. He, he owned a local oil company and employed a lot of people and stuff like that. So I already sort of had a picture mm-hmm. of of what I wanted to to kind of be and and own. Um, it was just getting very uh, crystal clear on it and, and sort of just writing it down. But you, you just have to back into it, like reverse engineer it and ask yourself some, some really high level questions. But objectively, I knew the answer, but it wasn't until I asked myself like really crystal clear questions mm-hmm. that, I, that I got the answers I needed to, to start moving forward. Now, maybe for somebody listening right now that 
they're they're kind of in that situation, right? And they just don't, you know, because I think it's tough, right? Because I, I know exactly what you're talking about, like getting granular with yourself. What would you say are like some of the top like three questions to ask yourself to really like really get that clear vision? Yeah. So so number one is like if, if I had the the picture perfect lifestyle and five years from now, like what would that look like? That would be probably the, the number one question. Um, if I could impact, you know, people's lives, you know, what, what would that look like? Might be an, another question. Um, and then a third question would probably be like, you know, what, it would have to do something with your, your daily experience. Right. Because that's important too, right? Like, yeah, you can, you can make a lot of money and have a really good lifestyle, but what does your, your daily experience look, look like, right? Like, are you leading a team? Is it just you and you're on a beach? So, you know, understanding what your, your, just your day looks like is, is huge. Yeah. And I think that's super important too, to be honest with yourself, honestly, you know, cause I think especially like in the entrepreneurial world, like especially, especially like in the real estate world, right. It's so easy to get caught up in, you know, what this person's doing or what, you know, this coach is doing or, you know, how this person built their business you know, and it's so easy, especially like coming back from like a, you know, like a, a conference that we just went to or something like that. You know, you see all these you know super successful people and it's almost like everybody has a completely different model. Right. Yeah. And so it's like it's super important to like just be honest with yourself. You know, it's not, you know, what are they doing that works? It's, you know, what do I want and then how can I tailor what they're doing that works to what I want? Dude, absolutely. Like real yeah. estate is so shiny. And I'm sure other <laughs> industries are too. Even just like the entre entrepreneurial world in general, right? Like yeah. you see, I think I spoke about this I, even in my presentation was like, you know, Amazon, like NFTs and, and crypto. And then you got like apartment investing. And then you can do like education and wholesaling oh, yeah. and fix and flipping and like do like all of these different things. So you really got to get granular on the questions you ask yourself because there's so many shiny objects you could chase and you'll never, you'll never actually level up because of that reason. Mm -hmm. No, nah, it's huge, man. Um, so now where is your, where's your business at now? Right. What's the, what's the business look like? Obviously I know the, I know the answer to this, right? We, you know, we went over this at the, at the collective genius, but like for everybody listening, um, you know, you're, two and a half years in, you know, full time, um, you know, what's the business look like now? Yeah. So there's three of us in house. Okay. So I got an office manager an admin assistant and me. Okay. Mm -hmm. We have some external VAs. We've got one that works full time, one that works part time. Uh, we have a, a cold caller manager who's part time and a full time cold caller. And on the, the other external side is our lead management. So we have three to five external lead management from a team we leverage out in Pennsylvania mm -hmm. who handles all of our lead management. So they schedule all the appointments and I still do all the acquisitions. So we, we, we're going to operate about 90 transactions this year. Hopefully we fall north of that, mm -hmm. uh, but that's where we're on target for. And then I got a portfolio of roughly 250. So units, something like that. Um, through, through apartment investing. So I, I sort of burst style some apartment buildings, uh, okay. things of that sort. Okay. Now for everybody listening, right? Your market is 200,000 people. You're doing 90 transactions a year this year and you've got 250 units. 
right? In an in a market that has 200,000 people. I think that's a huge point because so many people, especially right now, are trying to, and I, I, you know, we're guilty of this too, right? Like so many people are trying to go like from market to market to market and they're not going deep in their backyard, you know? And so I think that's, that's a huge testament to that. Like there's opportunity everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go deep before you go wide. And again, some of those apartment buildings are in those outside counties because when you, when you get that scale, right? Like I own some in Columbus and Cleveland, some larger MSAs to get that scale on like uh, the multifamily side, you do have to venture out a little bit, but it's a similar model and similar markets to what I would be in here in uh, North central Ohio. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. Um, So, yeah, I mean, so, you know, it's a, smaller team too right like again you know you're doing 90 transactions with a three-person team right um you know again that's another testament to people like you can do it lean right like you can you can operate very efficient um so with with the deals that you guys are doing right now um are you guys primarily you know flipping wholesaling uh what's your your biggest exit strategy you know right now Sure. So uh, about 60 to 70 percent is wholesale. OK, 20 um, percent buy and hold and about 10 percent uh, fix and flip. Okay. So we don't want to do a ton of flips. Maybe we'll probably do a dozen this year. OK, the rest is, you know, buy and hold. But we primarily wholesale. Awesome. No, that's killer, man. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that I think, you know, again, like. I like personally to me, it's just it's awesome. The fact that, you know, the market that you're in is, you know, a sub market. Right. And you're doing that type of volume and that type of, you know, numbers in that sub market. Right. Um, And I think that a lot of that comes back to like, you know, what you talked about before is like you're known now as like the house buying guy, you know, in your market. so kind of ex- like talk about like, you know, are you guys doing a lot of like community involvement stuff? Or are you guys doing, you know, stuff like that? So to be honest, not really. Now we have begun to do some more of that. All right. As we as we've grown again, this is fairly infant, right? Yeah. Like we're talking, um, you know, the, the real primarily focus was like beginning of 2021. Right. right? Like so. So it's yeah. fairly infant. We do a, a ton of marketing direct to seller, right? So our, our name's out there sort of in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our, our signs and our office and stuff like that. But as far as too much like company branding and doing uh, different events, we haven't really um, stepped into that too much. Now, it's something we'd, we'd love to do. Right. I have done a couple of events here locally where I've been teaching some agents and stuff like that. So we're, we're gaining some traction on that side of things but I'd love to, to do some more. No, I, yeah. I, I asked that question because I think a lot of people too, like when they hear, you know, that you're the guy right in your market, they're like, Oh, he must be sponsoring the high school. He must be, you know, sponsoring all the golf tournaments. You know, he's the the state farm guy that's got the big old banner, right? Like, you know what right. I'm talking about? Yeah, like, absolutely. I think whenever, whenever you talk about like, you know, being the guy in your market, I think that's the misconception a lot of people have is that you've got to be, you know, that company or that guy that's, you know, on the banners or that's sponsoring everything and anything. Um, whereas, 
you know, you don't, right? Um, especially when you're in a smaller market or when you're in, you know, a smaller MSA. Like, honestly, I think the biggest thing with that is just do good business, you know? Dude, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And that's how we've gotten a, a lot of deals. We get a lot of deals just through referrals. Oh, yeah. I'd say that's a huge piece right now to your business. Absolutely. You know, especially with those, you know, the, the, the smaller MSAs, like word of mouth travels fast. Yep. You know? so we're, I would say north of 15% of our deals come from referrals. That's crazy. And those are probably some of the smoothest deals too, huh? Smoothest. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. They're, they're you know, they're laid down, right? Like yeah. you go to them and it's just ink. Yeah. That's awesome. So what would, uh, you know, obviously, you know, with a year being, you know, really like only like a year and a half of like the structure business, right? Um, what would you say has been the biggest, the most impactful for that, right? You mentioned reading traction. Um, you know, you mentioned like asking yourself like those, you know, really granular questions. But what would you say has had the most impact on like the true success of like the actual like structured business side of it, right? learning to lead delegation right like i never had yeah. many employees before like i've had contractors and business partners and stuff like that but actually having an in-house team yeah it's completely different man it's completely so what different was, what were some of the things that you had to do like to to get better at that right because um, i think a lot of people especially entrepreneurs right a lot of people struggle with that um you know because I think a lot of times like we we think like big big right big picture everything like and a lot of times too like we see everything all at once and so it's a, it's hard for us to like really like zone in on like one task right um i know for a fact i'm guilty of this um so like what was the biggest like how did how did you kind of like really combat that Sure. Um, learning how to effectively communicate. And I've gotten this from a ton of different books, mm -hmm. right? So I, that's probably what I'd lean into. But it it really comes down to real world experience. Like yeah. You can read everything in the world, <laughs> listen to YouTube and podcasts, and hear us talk. But until you actually do it and live it and breathe it, you won't get the actual experience you need. Yeah, and I think also too, like being real with yourself and like allowing yourself the grace to like, you're going to mess up, you know, like that was a big thing for me too. Like, you know, I played, I played college athletics. Like I played sports all throughout, you know, growing up and um, you know, it was hard to be like accepting at the fact that like, Hey man, I'm going to mess up, you know, like it was tough especially cause I'm a super competitive person, you know, like, and, um, and like, I always want to be the best. Right. And so it was tough for me to just be, you know, accepting at the fact that like, I'm going to mess up, you know, and some it's okay. of the, <laughs> some of the greatest lessons come from failures, man. I fail every day. I really do. Like I'm learning every single day still to this day, man. It just doesn't stop. Yeah, no, I think that's huge, you know, cause I think especially like, um, I think it's easy too to kind of, to kind of like get complacent almost. Right um when you get to a certain kind of like level right when you get to a certain level of you know i don't even want to call it success right because everybody has a different meaning of success but when you get to a certain level in business i think it's it's easy to kind of get complacent with uh with where you are right as a leader as a company as an organization structure wise right 
Um, you know, and that's kind of something that we're, you know, we're kind of combating right now. Um, you know, like we talked about at, at, at CG. Um, so, I mean, what are, what are some things that you would kind of give that are like practical to, you know, really combat the, like the complacency there, right? Um, to combat that, you know, when you reach a certain level, it's easy to just kind of like fall into a trap of, you know, the daily mundane routine and, you know, this is just, this is how it is and it works, right? It's not broke, don't fix it. You know, the common saying. Um, and I think that's so, where a lot of entrepreneurs fail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. You got to be pushing the envelope every day. So one thing I do personally is I always ask myself like, um, or, or I tell myself like, hey, what got me to where I'm at won't be the thing that gets me to where I'm going, right? So you really need to, to lean into that. Because you you do you get stuck in these these daily uh, habits that you have and you need to break them and beliefs too. Mm -hmm. So the, these different character traits you develop, the things that that you know were were me back in twenty twenty aren't me now. Like it's right. just completely different. So I think number one is just being very aware of of who you are um, and and what your goals are and then just sitting down and, and sort of saying all right does this align with, with where i'm going um and if not then you need to change some things but again you just got to push the envelope every single day that's nah, huge man so obviously right now the big buzz right now is the market right everybody's you know the market's downturn recession you know all the buzzwords are floating around right um and it's no, it's, you know, they're not wrong, right? The market is, is weird right now. Um, so how, you know, what are you guys really doing to, you know, kind of combat that, prep for that, um, and, you know, really kind of keep the success going? We're doubling down. We're doubling down, right? So we're putting uh, more focus on the acquisition side too, right? Like if we have a higher fallout ratio, mm -hmm. how do you combat that? You want more deals. How do you have less of a fallout ratio? You lean into your buyers. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're just we're literally doubling down on all, all of our metrics and we're beating that drum every day. We're talking about our metrics three times a day, morning, noon, right? And before we leave, like where are we at? And, you know, midday, how are we looking for the day? At the end of the day, we're like, all right, how did, how do we do today? And how can we get better tomorrow? So we're just constantly beating the drum. We're beating that drum harder than we've ever beat it. Awesome. So just like doubling down on your metrics, like let's kind of dive into that, right? Because um, for somebody listening to this, they may they may hear that and they're like, what the hell is he talking about? You know, so like, what does that mean when you say you're doubling down on your metrics? So your data, right? Like everything's a funnel, right? And so for us, you know, I'll just keep it real simple. Leads to appointments scheduled, appointments scheduled, contracts in, contracts in to revenue, right? And we can say, all right, I, I had 10 leads. And from those 10 leads, I generated $10,000 of revenue. Now, if I want to make $100,000 of revenue, I just back right into that. Well, I need 100 leads, right? Mm -hmm. So the, when I talk about metrics, I'm actually talking about your company's data. And if you're not tracking your company's data, you need to, because you cannot run a company if you don't know the data. This is something I failed with and struggled with for a long, long time. Okay, but now we've gotten super granular. We have dashboards built out, but you need to know your company's data. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's huge, especially right now, right? <laughs> especially with how, you know, 
um, I don't want to say uncertain, but especially like how just kind of weird the markets are right now with, you know, their the rapid depreciation of properties and, you know, values dropping like crazy. Um, you know, I, I always tell people, I think it's just normalizing, right? It's just going back to, you know, 2018, 2019 prices, you know, and it's going back to where it takes, you know, 45 to 90 days to sell a house. You know, it's not, you list it and you got offers 12 hours later, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For um, sure. So with that, I think right now it's super important to get like super granular with those. Right. Um, because we're also in you guys, I don't know if you guys are running into this at all, but like, we're also running into where, you know, sellers aren't really accepting the fact that their house is not worth what it was four months ago, you know, and, or three months ago or whatever the case may be. Um, and so it, what we're finding is it's taking actually a lot more calls um, and a lot more offers to get the same results as it was, you know, four or five, six months ago. Are you guys seeing the kind of the same thing? Yeah, sure. And the thing is, you wouldn't know that, right? Unless mm -hmm. you tracked your data. Yeah. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't know now it's taking more offers to get more deals yep. unless you, you knew your data. And another thing, you know, you can do is just changing your language. Mm -hmm. right? So we're, we're, we're talking to, to the sellers about recession, inflation, interest rates, like, because they see these things. Right. And then we're also yep. educating them. Like, look at all these price reductions now on the market. Right. This house is sold for 200,000 next door to you is probably 160 now. So like, you gotta, you gotta educate them and say, look, this is probably what it's going to sell. You know, interest rates were similar back in uh, 2018, let's say. So you gotta, you gotta just educate your sellers on that and, and change the communication with something that they can relate with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. And I think that's huge. I think a lot of people miss that. Right. I think a lot of people miss, especially like in the real estate, you know, space, especially like wholesale wise, wholesale wise. Right. Uh, I think too many people get caught up in the, you know, the sale, sale, sales side of it. Um, and they miss the fact that a lot of the sales is going to be the education, right? Especially when it comes to the sellers, right? A lot of the sales, especially in the time we're in right now, is effectively educating the seller on what's actually happening. You know, because yes. we know what's going on because we're in it every single day, right? And this is what we do. So we're we're constantly keeping a pulse on everything. But like you know, your typical Joe Schmo and Sally Mae, like they're not sitting there, you know, Googling recession, you know, recession or Googling interest rates, or they're not keeping a pulse on the Fed increases. Like they're just seeing what the news is telling them, you know? Yeah. So I think that's huge. Like you said, like changing your verbiage and changing the way you talk to them because you're hitting on, you know, words that are familiar with them. Yeah. So I, I think sometimes a sales can just be a lot of fluff. Right? Yeah. So if you can actually be real and genuine in yourself and then educating them, like you'll, you'll be a natural closer. Yeah. That. And then I think too, a lot of it, uh, where again, like a lot of the wholesale, um, you know, not to bash on people, but like a lot of the wholesale, you know, gurus out there and stuff like that, like where they miss the bucket is, uh, you know, we're in the business of helping people, you know? probably some of the best deals you've ever done, maybe not profit wise, but like laying down and sleeping at night are some of the deals where you've helped out people in situations that they just had no idea how to get out of. Hands down, man. Hands yeah. down. 
Yeah, some of the, the best and most profitable. I was going to say, yeah, been, yeah. yeah. They, some they, of them end up being the most profitable. Yeah, They really do, man. It's it's when you can actually touch the the emotional side and, and really get deep. Um, it's you, you create the most impact, which provides the most value and the most value you get compensated for, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I think that's huge. I mean, like, and I think a lot of times too, like, um, especially running the bit, you know, running the business and, you know, especially like having a team to pay and everything like that. Like we can, we can really get caught up in, in the revenue side and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, honestly, like, man, like we just did a deal last month where, um, you know, it was a pre foreclosure deal auction date was already scheduled, everything like that. And we found a buyer, I mean, super fast. Um, and the payoff actually came back higher, right. Than what they told us it was. And so we were only going to make a small assignment fee on it. It was going to be like 6K, um, six or seven. Payoff came back like $7,500 higher than what we anticipated, right? Um, we ended up we ended up covering that out of, our, out, out, out of our assignment fee, came to the buyer, said, hey, we just need to increase your price by 500 bucks. We made zero on it, right? But that lady called us after the transaction was over and was like, can I, do you guys buy properties all around here? We were like, yes. She was like, okay, I'm going to start, you know, telling everybody, calling everybody, and I'm going to start sending you a lot of properties. You know, See? like, and, yep. and it's stuff like that, like, you know, it, and it's not fun to not make any money on a deal. Let's be real, right? Like, especially a deal like that where it's a pre-foreclosure and we got it, we're stressing out, trying to move things quick, you know, and stuff. Um you know, especially when you got an acquisitions manager and stuff that they're banking on making commission on a deal. Like it's not fun. Right. But it's, it's, it's going to come back. Yeah. You, know? um, yep. you know, we're putting good out, like it's going to come back. And I think that's a big thing that a lot of people miss. Like, you know, don't be scared to just do good, you know, cause it's going to come back. It'll come back tenfold, you know, absolutely, man. Yeah, that's no, I, I think you guys did the right thing. And I think it, it, it will come back. And if it doesn't, man, who cares, right? Like, yeah, you're going to do the same thing for the next person. And eventually something will, will monetize, right? So like, it's just it's, again, it's sleeping good at night. Yeah. Now, if you guys are listening to this, and you're like, Oh, Austin saying just don't make money on deals. It's not what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> make as much money as you can on every single deal. But you know, there will be those situations where, you know, you got to kind of just put the money aside and just look at your moral compass and decide what's best. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what happened there. Um, so you guys are primarily wholesaling right now. Um, so let's kind of dive in. What what has been, you know, because we're, we're just kind of coming off of, you know, a super bullish market. Right. Um, so. What was what was your guys' biggest deal during this like this just stupid run that we had? <laughs> oh, you want to know like the biggest deal? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, so it was in it was in Columbus. Um, I got a piece of land under contract for sixty five, and end up wholesaling it to my accountant, which also does some he does real estate, and he wanted to do some development. So he he and his partner bought it for 185. So it's a one 120k fee. But there's a kicker to this 
they they include us in the deal. So you got so, equity in the deal as well. <laughs> equity. Let's in go. The deal. Yeah. Yeah. So he uh you know they they draft up the plans. I think they might have got it rezoned and everything. I think they might be just land entitling it and, and reselling it now because I'm not sure if he has the capacity to handle it. This has been been a, a while now probably two years ago i'd say yeah. at least um but that was the largest whale i've had if we're talking largest deals you know i'll Heck always yeah, remember man. that one so that was just how do you remember like the acreage like how big the the parcel was or uh it's probably just a half acre man it was just a prime uh, lot a prime in area, downtown yeah. columbus um fantastic it was already commercially zoned there's already new construction all around it and my my business partner at the time he he negotiated that deal mm -hmm. we you yeah. know uh, the accountant kind of called him was like you know we want this and then he was like, <laughs> we'll give us equity <laughs> yeah heck yeah man no that's killer and i think a lot of people miss that too is like there's different ways to make money on deals you know, it's not just the wholesale fee. Like, obviously, yeah, I get paid now. But, you know, especially when you have good relationships with your buyers, like you were talking about doubling down, like you can negotiate a lot of stuff, you know. Yeah, you can. And, like, uh, I think that's huge, man, because, you know, there, there's no better feeling than getting paid when the deal closes and then somebody else does all whatever they're going to do to it, right? And then whenever they resell it, you guys get a check in the mail. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Um, hell yeah. No, that's that's a killer deal. No doubt. So those don't happen every day. So no, yeah, those yeah, those yeah, those Super don't happen. Rare. Those don't happen too too often. <laughs> if they did, we'd we'd uh we'd be in a lot different situation. No doubt. Um so that's awesome, man. So um I noticed that you guys are, you know, hiring right now for for acquisitions. Um, so kind of like dive into that, right? Like I think a lot of people too with the, you know, especially like in the the wholesaling and entrepreneur, right? Like um the sales side is probably like the hardest to give up, especially like when you're when you're an extrovert, when like you like talking to people and you know, you're good at you're good at doing it, right? I think that's a hard thing to give up. Um so kind of like walk us through that, right? Like what what made you come to that conclusion that okay, it's time to you know get a sales guy? <laughs> <laughs> I've I've had a couple in the past. They just haven't worked out because of me. <clears throat> um but you 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 need to look at your your funnel. Mm -hmm. Right? You gotta you gotta look at your funnel. This goes back to data. You gotta understand where your where your bottlenecks are happening. Right? Me as a company owner and doing all the other things. Like I only have so much capacity. Okay. So you got to understand where your bottlenecks are and that needs to be the next layer you piece off. Mm -hmm. Right. So for me, it's, it's attending all these appointments. I mean, we're, we're targeting 16 appointments uh, a week, which would be what 64 a month. Right. That's a, that's a lot of time. We're talking a minimum of an hour appointment. So yeah. I could be doing a lot of different things, you know, maybe some, some granular lead generation. Mm -hmm. So you got to understand um, your funnel mm -hmm. and then you got to, you got to understand where your bottlenecks are. And then that's the next layer that you have to peel off. Okay. So that's, that's where I'm at right now. It's awesome, man. So what are your, what are you guys doing right now for like lead generation? So we do SMS just turned into our largest lead generation. We'll probably get 50% 50 of our deals from SMS. 
Um, I would say 20% is direct mail, 20% is cold calling, and then 10% is literally organic referrals, and we get maybe an SEO lead uh, once a month or something like that. Awesome. So SMS, dude, that's, that seems to be a super common trend that, I, that I'm hearing a lot. Like SMS is becoming um, a really, honestly, like a really successful marketing channel for a lot of people right now, which makes me sad because we haven't done it yet but <laughs> you just got to be super consistent man it's got to be every yeah. day yeah and you got to have lead managers on top of it like all the time yeah so you gotta have you got your back end has to be ready to fulfill mm -hmm. if you have a, a very strong front end right like if yeah. if i doubled my lead count right now we have capacity issues right we need someone else to, to handle all the incoming leads so you got to understand your capacity as well yeah. No, I think that's what's awesome too about this business, right? It's like, like all, ours is primarily like, I would say probably 90% wholesaling and 10% referrals. Right. And so like, I think that's what's, like I said, what's awesome about this business is like you, there's no one way to do it. Right. Um, there's no one way to, to do it. Like you can do SMS, you can do direct mail, you can do cold calling, you can do like, there was guys at the at the event doing agent you know agent referrals door knocking like there's so many different ways to be successful but i think you hit the nail on the head it's just about being consistent in what you're going to do yep. you know and if you're listening to this don't immediately like jump ship and go to a different marketing channel right i i i'm a victim of that like whenever i first got started like i fell into this like trap of just you know, podcast after podcast after podcast, you know, and whatever they're doing, I'm like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta try it out, you know? Um, and so like, I was like jumping from cold calling to like SMS to, you know, Facebook ads. I never did direct mail, um, until, you know, up until recently, but like I fell into that trap, you know, and then it wasn't till probably maybe 16, 17 months ago, um, that I was like, you know what? Like, I know cold calling, you know, like my background's in sales. Like, like I know that. So I was like, let me just get really damn good at cold calling. And that's what we did. Right. Like, you know, now like we're, we're really good at cold calling, you know? Um, and so now we're, we're introducing other lead channels, but like, I would say that's a big piece of advice just that I've got is like, don't get shiny object syndrome for one in different business strategies, but also too for like marketing. Yeah. You know? uh, no, that's, that's huge, man. Again, go yeah. deep before you go wide. Yeah. Yeah. I fell victim to that very hard. So <laughs> if you're listening yeah. to this. Don't think you got to immediately jump ship to SMS. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, well, Brad, man, we're, we're, uh, we're coming up on, on our time here, man. So, um, what is, you know, what's kind of like one, uh, you know, one piece of advice, one thing you want to kind of leave everybody with, um, and, uh, we'll wrap it up. Yeah, man. If, if I was looking back like four years ago when I just first got started, um, it would be getting clear on, on what I wanted. Um, that would be, you know, if someone is, is newer to the business community or entrepreneur world and they're just wanting to, to get started, is like take some time, ask yourself some really good questions, and put pen to paper, 
and you know write down exactly what you want and then sort of reverse engineer your lifestyle from that and then from those answers you can start executing so that would be one thing i could give the audience it's perfect man no i think that's great i think that's awesome man um brad man i appreciate you coming on today man and thanks for having me yeah sharing some some knowledge with everybody um guys thanks for tuning in for this week's episode of the real impact um be sure to tune in every monday at 1 p.m eastern time and every thursday um outside of that that's it for today Peace. all right